This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. At the half hour, it's a visit with a great Gildersleeve. But we begin by hearing about a cop killer on the series Richard Diamond. Broadcasting Company presents Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Before I was a private detective, I was a cop. Homicide. Working out of the 5th Precinct. Homicide means murder. And there are a lot more murders committed in the big city than you think. More than make the headlines in the newspapers. And for everyone, there's the same impersonal routine, the same hard work, the same check and double check, with every cop in or out of uniform doing his best to put the case in the closed file. But there's one kind of murder that will really tear the department to pieces, and that's when a cop is killed in line of duty. Here's another exciting half hour with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, if your husband's dead and you pull the trigger, Diamond will help, but the fee is bigger. Hello? Oh, Rick, what can I say? Hello. Hello. Oh, no, that's nice. Now try Hello, Rick. Hello, Rick. Oh, dandy. Call back tomorrow and we'll start on Hello, Rick. This is Helen. <laughs> you idiot. Hi, baby. Hi. What's doing? Oh, I was just a little lonesome. Wanted to know if you were coming by tonight. Oh, you know it. Should be there around eight. How about a little... Hey, Rick, uh... what's that siren? Is there a fire? Hmm, could be. Sounds like it's pulling right up here in front of my building. Wait a minute, I'll open the window. Honey, if this building caught on fire, I'd be Mr. Unquintine of 1950. Well, what is it? Hmm, ambulance. Oh. Oh, and here comes a prowl car. Must be a traffic accident or something. Oh, thank goodness. Well, somebody probably playing in the traffic. Okay, okay. Some guy forgot to step down getting into his new Hudson. <laughs> you know, I make remarks like that. I'm not trying to be... I... Oh, wait a minute. No combination, friend. Just turn the little old knob and push. Who is it? Somebody at the door. Well, Pop. What? Pop Scholes. Oh, the nice old blind man who sells pencils on the corner. Yeah. Hello, Pop. Uh, please, Mr. Diamond, I've got to talk to you. I ain't got much time. What does he want, Rick? Oh, to talk to me. I'll call you back there. Bye. I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Diamond. Well, not at all, Pop. Not at all. What can I do for you? I can't stay long. I have to hurry, but 
I was wondering if you'd come to my place later on. It's pretty important. How important, Bob? I can't explain now, could I? But I got a big trouble. I, I sure could use some help for old time's sake. Huh? Sure, for old time's sake. Where do you live, Pop? Little shack on the waterfront, end of River Street, 622 and a half. When do you want me to come down? About an hour. Uh, I got to be going now. Okay. Oh, wait a minute, Pop. Yeah. Let me give you a hand. Thanks. I, I could make it with this stick, but it takes time. I ain't got a lot of that. Now, there you are, Pop. See you in an hour. Thanks, Mr. Diamond. Name's Rick. Okay. See you in an hour, Rick. Oh, uh, hello, Francis. Mr. Diamond. Oh, yes, sir. I'll call Miss Asher right away. Thank you. Rick. What? Oh, Walt. Now, mind if I sit down? No. What are you doing down here? Oh, Rick. Uh, hold the phone, honey. Came down on a homicide. Homicide? Oh, that squad car right in front of the... Right in front of your building, yes. Shooting. Well, what are you doing up here? i done all I could down there. Rick. Uh, just a minute, baby. Thought you might want to hear about it. Bill Walton. What? Friend of yours, wasn't he? Yeah, darn good one. Hello, Rick. Somebody put three slugs in him. Rick, I can hear somebody talking. What's going on? Oh, I'll call you back, baby. What? Helen? Yeah. You know, I worked with Bill on a robbery for three years. Got any idea who did it? He left the robbery detail two years ago. Been with the narcotics division. Haven't checked with them yet, but he might have been working on something. Might give us a lead. You want to go down to the station with me? Yeah, I'd like to. Okay. I've got some witnesses to the shooting. They'll be down there for statements. Bill's got a wife and three kids. Yeah. Well, aren't you going to lock the office? For what? You put a termite's gag on the furniture. Let's go. Well, that's the way a quiet day could work, work itself into a lot of trouble. And like always, if trouble's around, yours truly is bound to get a chunk of it. Walt and I went downstairs, climbed into the prowl car, and ten minutes later, we were walking into the squad room of the 5th Precinct Police Station. The first thing I saw was the zoo's best argument for not taking in boarders. Uh, Lieutenant, I got statements from all the witnesses. You want to talk to him? No, he thought he'd read their palms, Sergeant. Oh, Lieutenant, what did you have to bring the shamus along for? Just relax, Otis, and Rick, you lay off here. Well, I wouldn't needle him if he'd just stop that terrible habit. What habit? Living. Oh. Come on, Rick. Oh, look at that wall. Four heads and they all need haircuts. Come on, Rick. Come on. This is a swell time to make jokes. Can you think of a better time? Okay, okay, okay. Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Send in the first one. Then check with narcotics and see what Bill Walton was working on. Right. Boy, I hate things like this. What about his family? Oh, I know all of them. I guess I'll have to go over and tell them. First one, Lieutenant. Uh, Arthur Phillips. Go on in. Uh, come in, Mr. Phillips. Oh. Have a chair. Oh, yes, okay. Uh, look, I don't know much about this thing. Mr. I was Diamond, on... Mr. Phillips. How are you? Uh, how do you do? As I was saying, you I don't... You saw the killing, Mr. Phillips? Yes, yes, I saw it. It all happened so fast that I don't think I can really be... What were you doing when you saw the killing, Mr. Phillips? Uh, walking. But I walking didn't see... Walking where, Mr. Phillips? Uh, up the street to my office. Oh, look, I, I gave your sergeant my statement. You'll find it What's all in order. What's your business, Mr. Phillips? Insurance. Liberty Insurance Company, 41st and Broadway. You saw Officer Walton killed? I saw a man. His name, I died. I didn't know he was killed. You heard the shots? Well, yes, but it was all so fast. Just I... what did you see? Well, like I said, I, I was walking down the street. To work? Uh, yes, Liberty Insurance You've Company. You've got that. Oh, yes. You were walking? Uh, yes, and, and I, I heard this noise. The shots? Uh, yes, but I didn't know it at the time. It was just 
a loud noise, but it made me jump, and I looked. You just jumped, Mr. Yes, yes, yes. Well, then I saw this guy grab his stomach and fall flat on his face, and then I saw the guy with the gun. What did the guy with the gun look like, Mr. uh, Phillips? Well, it all happened so fast. Sergeant Otis showed you our rogues gallery. Did you see anybody who looked like him? No, 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 I didn't see anybody who looked like him. I didn't get a good look at his face. How tall was he? Uh, uh, Tall. Like six feet? Yes, or close. What was he wearing, Mr. Phillips? Uh, Brown suit and uh, hat, brown hat. Stocky? Uh, yes. Anything else, Mr. Phillips? Uh, yeah, no, no, Thank that's you, Mr. All. Phillips. We may want to talk to you again. Don't leave town on a business trip or anything. Oh, I, I can go? Good day, Mr. Phillips. Thank you again. Oh, any time. Oh, uh, if you ever need any insurance, Lieutenant. Uh, Liberty, Liberty insurance, insurance Company, uh, I'll remember. Yeah, well, so long. Cigarette? Thanks. We still work pretty well together, Rick. Why don't you come back on the force? Uh, Lieutenant. There's your answer, Walt. What is it, Hammerhead? Well, I uh, I went over and talked to Fisher. He told me Bill Walton was working on a narcotics case, but he had no leads. Stuff's been flooding the city. Bill must have picked up a lead and got shot for it. That's all, Otis. Mm, Fisher doesn't know anything else. Uh, Walton just started on the job. You got some more witnesses? Uh, yeah, a lady, uh, Mrs. Margaret Walker. Okay, you can come in. Thank oh, you. Come in, Mrs. Walker. Take yes. a chair. Thank you. Anything else? No. This is Mr. Diamond, Mrs. Walker. How do you do? How do you do, Mrs. Walker? Do you work, Mrs. Walker? All the time. I'm a housewife. You saw the officer killed? Oh, yes, but I didn't know it was an officer. He wasn't in uniform, you know. Would you mind telling us just exactly what you saw? Well, it all happened so fast. I was standing on the corner and Uh, just... What corner, Mrs. Walker? Why, the corner where the poor man got shot, of course. 51st and Broadway. Just standing, Mrs. Walker? Young man, the traffic was very heavy. I was waiting for the signal. Sorry. I just want you to understand, I don't usually just stand around on street corners. Go ahead, Mrs. Walker. Well, I was standing there and I noticed an old man selling pencils. An old man? Yes, he was blind. Hey, Pop Scholes did time about 15 years ago for peddling junk. Yeah, that's right, he did. (laughs) I don't know what all this talk is about, but if you don't want to hear my story, I'm sorry, Mrs. Walker. Of course we want to hear your story. Please go ahead. Look, Walt, I... I just remembered something. I was supposed to see a client in an hour, and the hour is just about up. What? I'm sorry, Walt, but this is business. Now, you wait a minute. I... I'll talk to you later. Well, I never... Now, that's only because you don't have any friends named Diamond. All right, Mrs. Walker. Go on with your story. I went out of that station like Noor in the stretch. The minute the little old lady had mentioned a blind beggar, I remembered Pop Skulls in my office, and I grew the biggest lunch of my career. Something had really been bothering Pop, and a cop killing could have been it. I grabbed a cab, and 20 minutes later, I was standing in front of an old weather-beaten shack at the end of River Street. Who is it? Diamond. Oh, wait a second. Am I late? Uh, Look, Mr. Diamond. Uh, Rick. Yeah. Uh, Look, Rick, I'm sorry you came all the way down here, but, well, I... You wanted some help, didn't you? Well, yeah, I did. Mm, you did. You could at least ask me in. Oh, oh sure, sure. I- I'm sorry, but y- you see, I don't need no help now. No? Well, you seemed pretty worried about something when you came up to my office an hour ago. Well, I was, but it's all straightened out now. All that right? Hmm. Hey, uh, I didn't know you smoked cigars, Pop. What? One in your ashtray here. Pretty expensive for you, Pop. Well, you see, I, uh, I, I kind of splurge now and then. Come on, Pop. 
Somebody been here and changed your mind about talking to me? No, that's my cigar. What makes you say a thing like that? There was a cop killed right in front of you today, Pop. A good friend of mine. What's that got to do with me? I'm going straight. He was after somebody who's been peddling junk. I don't touch this stuff anymore. I don't go near it. Don't you, Pop? No, I put it down 15 years ago. You did time for it, too. Sure, and lost my eyes in stir. You think I want to go back to that? You think I'm a fool? There's a car pulling up out in front. That should be the law. I didn't do nothing. I swear I didn't. Better tell me quick. Who's throwing his weight around, Pop? I had nothing to do with that cop killing. I'm clean. You can't prove a thing. Come on, open up. It's the police. You're sure you don't want to tell me anything? No, I got nothing open to up, tell. Bust it in, Pop. Come on in. It's open. Okay, Pop. You're coming. I hey. might have known it. Why didn't you wait for me, Rick? Well, believe me, Walt. I had an appointment with Pop. That's right, Lieutenant. He did. Oh, sure. Talk over old times, huh? Otis, take Pop out to the car. Come on, Pop. Sorry I got you in trouble, Rick. Forget it. Ah, just what have you two been stewing up? What did he tell you? He was showing me how to throw darts in the dark. Oh, that's a pretty bad one. Yeah. What did Mrs. Walker tell you about, Pop? I don't know why I should tell you. Well, don't be so grouchy. I've just been trying to find a guy who killed Bill. Pop's had it pretty tough already. I thought maybe I could make it easier than having you third degree him all over the office. You sound like I'm going to use a hose on him. But the way you're burning up, you'll probably hit him with Sergeant Otis. No, I'm going home. Now, wait a minute. What for? So what, you blow up like Old Faithful? Mrs. Walker told me she saw some guy walk up to Pop like he was going to buy some pencils. Then another man busted through the crowd. That was Bill. He grabbed this guy with Pop. The guy pulled a gun and shot Bill, and then he beat it. Mm. Did Mrs. Walker give you a description of the killer? Sure. Short, dark, just the opposite of the one the insurance man gave us. The only thing that fits, they both said the killer wore a hat. Oh, dandy. Now, where are you going? Now, back to my office. Pop knows something, Walt. Don't work on him too hard. Okay. Now, uh, run over to Bill's family again? Right after I get through with Pop. Oh, I'm sorry I got sore. So we all get sore. So what? I'll give you a call. I got back in my cab and headed for the office. On the way over, I kept trying to reason it out. Somehow Pop was mixed up in this thing, and he was scared stiff of something or somebody. I paid the cabbie off in front of the building and took the elevator up to my floor. headed down the hall to my office, still thinking, still trying to put two and two together. That was a mistake I never could add. When I walked in, I was too busy to notice much. All I got was a whiff of cigar smoke. You fall easy, Shamus. Now, let's see how you left the note for you. Read it when you wake up. Everything about a beating like that is so unpleasant. The first swat isn't so bad. It's hitting that cold floor and fighting to stay awake. When you start getting kicked around, that's the time to face facts and give it up. But you don't. You keep on working until your senses get kicked loose and the world comes down around your ears. You fight it because you think maybe you're not ever going to wake up again, and when you finally do, you wish you never had. Anyway, like I said, it's... So unpleasant. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. <sighs> oh, well, that lamp was pretty silly anyway. All right, all right. Don't jump, but you're talking to a ghost. Rick? At the sound of the groan... What's the matter with you? Well, that's a pretty good question. I don't know how to answer it without a head. What happened? 
Somebody worked me over. Oh, and how they worked me over. You want me to send an ambulance? No, just a shovel. Hmm, what's this? What's what? There's something in the typewriter here. A note. I will have put my eyes in straight. Now, Rick, if you're hurt badly... Oh, I'm, I'm not hurt that bad, Walt. Well, what about this note? Hmm. It says, uh, lay off the cop killing. That's all. Oh, and, uh, yeah, look at this. Find something else? A uh, souvenir. Butt of a cigar in my ashtray. There was one just like it in Pop's place. Well, hang on to it. All right, sure. What about Pop? Won't tell us a thing. Well, I'm getting sick and tired of this. Now, I got an idea. Wait ten minutes and then take Pop back to his house. Look, Rick, if somebody knows you're working on this thing, they must have found out when you went to see Pop. Probably spotted you going in. They certainly must know that we picked up Pop, and if they think he told us anything, they'll sure try to get him. I know it, I know it, I know it. Now, you drive Pop home, pretend to leave, but don't. And what'll you be doing? I'll be inside when he walks through the door. Okay, but I hope you know what you're doing. So do I. Ten minutes, Walt. Okay, Pop, here you are. Thanks for driving me home, Lieutenant. That's okay. Good night, Pop. Good night, Lieutenant. Who's in here? Who is it? Chick! I know you're here. I can smell your cigar smoke. Chick, please, I didn't tell the law a thing. Chick, say something. Honest, I didn't crack. Look, look, if you want to get rid of me, okay, but not the girl. Please, I swear I didn't say anything to anybody. I'm an old guy. Go ahead, knock me off, but don't do anything to the girl. Please, Chick, I'll peddle your stuff for the rest of my life if you leave the girl alone. Chick! Relax, Pop. What? You're not... No, Pop. Diamond. Didn't like to do it this way, Pop. But that cigar. The guy who saw you earlier came up to see me. Left me a cigar, too, along with a few bruises. Well, you just about know everything. Who's the girl you're protecting? I can't tell you that. Who's Chick? I can't tell you anything. Look, Pop, a cop's been killed. A great guy with a wife and kids. Now tell me, who's Chick? I ain't going to say anything. If the girl is a reason you won't talk, Pop, I'll find her. And if it's the last thing I ever do, I'll make you both sweat. Well, I'm on my way. Wait a minute, Rick. All right. Go on. Okay. If you give me a word, you won't say nothing about what I'm going to tell you. I give you my word about nothing yet, Pop. Now tell me, and if I think it should be kept quiet, that's the way it'll be. I got a daughter, Rick. What? That's right. Right after I went to stir, my wife had a baby. My wife died, and the kid went to live with relatives. Rich relatives. He's getting a good home and good schools. She doesn't know about you? Panhandling, no. She don't know about me, and she ain't going to. Go on. Only one guy knew about her. My ex-partner, Chick Russo. He got away when they picked me up, and after 15 years, he comes back operating again. The guy with the cigar, huh? Yeah. Mm. How did you figure? The stuff was in the pencils. He delivered it to me, and I'd pass it. Why would you pass it? Chick had me over a barrel. He told me if I didn't play along with him, he'd tell my daughter who her father was. I'd do anything to keep from ruining her life. Now, what about Bill Walton? Well, he, he was going to grab Chick, but Chick shot him. That's why I came to see you. I didn't want no part of a cop killing, but I couldn't say anything then because I had this stuff on me and I wanted to dump it. I didn't want to go back to stir. Then Chick came to see you here, huh? Threatened you. 
Told you to keep your mouth shut? Yes. Told me in plain words that if I cracked, he'd kill my little girl and me. That's why I froze on you. You going to say anything? About your daughter? No, Pop. Oh, thanks, Rick. No, I don't care what happens. Well, I do. This guy's still loose, and he's done a killing. I want him. I don't know where you can find him. He never said... Well, maybe I can find him. Take off your clothes, Pop. Take off my clothes? Yeah, you're going to get yourself a new suit. I'm going out and see Lieutenant Levinson. I'll be right back. You sure you know what you're doing? No, but why spoil a good surprise? Rick. Where are you, Walt? Over here by the pier. What's that with you? That's Otis. I'll tell him to hide his tail. Some guy from Oklahoma's allowed to shoot him. Oh, that's very funny. Shut up, Otis. Okay. You seen anything, Walt? Uh, very quiet. Now, look. Here's the idea. I'm going down to 51st and Broadway and stand with Pop's clothes and dark glasses on. You what? From what Pop told me, Chick Russo will certainly try and get him. Chick Russo? Are you crazy? He's been out of circulation for 15 years. Well, I got a big flash for you. He's back. But at 51st and Broadway, I can't give you any protection. Russo could step out of the crowd, and that's the end of it. Well, I'm counting on one thing, that he thinks I'm Pop. He knows Pop's blind, so he'll get in close to do it. Maybe even with a knife. You're crazy. Walt, Walt, not in front of Otis. Oh, that's all right, then. Now, I'm going down to change clothes. And then you, Walt, drive me to the corner, let me off. Then beat it. I left Walt then and went back to Pop's shack. We did a quick switch, and finally the dapper Richard Diamond stepped out complete with torn trousers, sweatshirt, and sneakers. I carried his cane with a white tip and kept his old hat pulled down over the dark glasses. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah, he looks just like the old man. Yeah, let's go, Walt. Otis, you stay here with Pop just in case our pigeon doesn't go for the bait. Oh, Lieutenant Kelly. Otis. Okay. Don't look so unhappy, Otis. Who knows? Maybe I'll get shot. Oh, I gotta miss everything. Isn't he a dream? Okay, here you are, Rick. Thanks, Walt. Say good night, Pop, real loud. Okay. Uh, good night, Pop. Sorry if we caused you any trouble. Oh, that's all right, Lieutenant. Thanks for the lift. Here you are, my good man. Bless you. Piker. Well, I stood there for two hours, getting a few dimes and selling a couple of pencils, but nothing happened. Now and then, I'd pull my arm down against my side and feel a nice little 38 in the shoulder holster. I kept moving from one foot to another to keep my legs from going to sleep. I was getting a first-hand example of the tougher old poor old pop had to hold. By 10.30, I was ready to give it up. Then I spotted the cigar. Bless you. For what, Pop? Cops driving you to work now, huh? That's enough. I'll take your arm and you start walking. I'll lead you. Chick! Chick, is that you? Shut up. Walk. All right, we're going in the building. Down in the basement for a little talk. And that's just what we did. Chick held onto my arm and led me into my own building and down into the basement. 
I could have taken him right there, but I kept remembering Bill Walton. So I let it go until just the right time. Okay, Pop. You know what's coming. Yeah, Chick. I know what's coming. Don't act much scared. I guess it ain't so tough for a blind man. You can't see it coming. You'd be surprised what I can see. <laughs> what did I tell you? Busted my arm. You hit me with that cane like you could see you hit me. You go for that gun, I'll break your fat skull. You ain't pop. No, Buster, I'm the fellow you gave the bruises to. Just returning the favor. Boy, you dirty. Don't do it. <laughs> Papa Spank. Oh, my shoulder. All right. Now let's go back up where we can find a cop. Oh, no, you're not going to take me. Come back here, Russo. Stop, Russo. I've got a gun. Next to you, Shamus. Skeptic. Yes? Oh, hello, Walt. Oh, no. Yes, he's right here. Rick, it's Walt. Oh. Oh, did she fool wrong? Mr. Diamond Valley Dad. Now, you stop that. I just had a long talk with Pop. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he said absolutely nothing. I still don't know where he figures in this thing. Would you mind telling me? Well, anything Pop did was under duress. If it was illegal, I want to know about it. Yeah, and if it was illegal, Pop would stand a good chance going back to prison. He might. You better let the law decide that. You haven't got any proof. How could I? Everybody's dead, except you and Pop. Pop won't say anything? Not yet, he won't. Walt. Yeah? Die. Now, you wait... What in the world was that all about? Oh, that Walt. When he dies, he'll have the penal code written on his headstone. <laughs> but he's a good cop. And there he is again. I can't stand to let a bone in. So you get tired. Rick, I'll go crazy. I'll drown it out. Well, do something. I've got the lovely bunch of coke. Stop. Oh, good. Well, don't you stop. That was pretty. Well, all right. I've got a lovely bunch of cookie nuts. There they are, standing in a row. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. I've got a lovely bunch of cookie nuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing and roll a bowl, a ball, a penny, a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a penny a pitch. Roll a ball, a ball. Roll a ball, a ball. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Hi there, you are, my lad. Step right up here. I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Now they are all up, stand up in a great big roll. I got big ones and small ones. Some of them as big as your blasted head. Yeah, you give them a twist and a flick of the rest. Oh, what lovely fun. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Roll a ball, a ball, roll a ball, a ball. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Oh, my dear, how was that, honey? Oh, wonderful. Oh, darn. Yes, Walt. Helen, you put Diamond on the line. It's Walt, dear. Oh, never mind him. Come here, honey. Oh, 
this phone. Mm. Uh, this is for Wong. Missy Diamond, not so very dead. Bye. <laughs> just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Ed Begley played Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Also in the cast were Wilms Herbert, Francis Robinson, Larry Dobkin, Anne Morrison, and Charles Seal. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Tonight's show was written by Blake Edwards and directed by Russell Hughes. Dick Powell currently may be seen in the motion picture version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. This is Eddie King inviting you to be with us next Sunday at this same time when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Stay tuned for Harold Perry in The Great Gildersleeve. Time now for that guy with the most distinctive laugh in all of radio, Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. Kraft Cheese Company, makers of parquet margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. Kraft brings you the Great Gildersleeve every week at this time, written by John Whedon and Sam Moore. We'll hear from the great Gildersleeve in just a moment. If you're taking the family on a picnic this Memorial Day, surprise them with a variety of tempting treats made with Pabstet, the delicious golden cheese food. Pabstet goes a long way toward satisfying hearty appetites because Pabstet is so delicious in so many appetizing ways. For example, blend a smooth, luscious Pabstet cheese sauce into a macaroni loaf or a molded cheese loaf or a molded vegetable ring. They're easy to prepare and delicious on an outing. Dates are pruned, stuffed with Pabstet. Make another grand picnic treat. And, of course, it goes without saying that Pabstet is wonderful as a sandwich spread, rich in mellow cheddar cheese flavor. Remember, too, that Pabstet adds nourishing goodness, muscle-building proteins, food energy, milk minerals, and vitamin A. So head up your shopping list with Pabstet, the delicious golden cheese food. Don't forget, the name is Pabstet. Let's follow once more the ups and downs in the career of Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Last week, he had one of his ups. At the annual outing given for the city employees, he stole the show with his fruity baritone and forced Mayor Terwilliger to retire in confusion. And today we find him still riding the crest of that wave as he strolls down Main Street with his campaign manager, Judge Hooker, about to enter Floyd Munson's barber shop. After you, Gildy. No, no, after you, Judge. I insist, after you. No, after you. Well, well, then... Well, well, make up your mind. I'll make up yours. All right, after me. Close the door, gents. You're letting in flies. Oh, hello, Floyd. How's business? How's the wife? That's fine. Hi, Commissioner. Thought it was about time you were coming around. Oh, I'm overdue, Floyd. Overdue. But I haven't had time. Well, I haven't one for a real haircut today. Just a little trim. Okay, climb right up in the chair there. Hi, Judge. Good day, Floyd. Make yourself at home with the magazines there. It's a new Esquire that's worth looking at. I'm not interested in Esquire, Floyd. I... Where is it? 
Well, it's there somewhere. Don't miss the Varga girl. Brother, that girl telephones in the darndest positions. <laughs> well, how you been, Commissioner? Well, I can't complain, Floyd. Can't complain. I hear where you knocked him dead at the mayor's picnic the other day. Oh, hardly that, Floyd. Did you see what the indicator said about me? Yeah, I saw that. Judge, you've got the newspaper clipping there. Read it to Floyd. But I told you I read it. Uh, that's all right. Read it again, Judge. I like to hear it. Judge. Huh? What's that? Put down the Esquire and read us that clipping from the indicator again, will you? Oh, certainly. I got it right here. Yeah, read us the part about the ovation. This is from the indicator, Floyd. It's an editorial. I know. I read it. It says, at the recent annual outing of the city employees of Summerfield, Mr. Gildersleeve received an impressive ovation. How do you like that? An impressive ovation? Head down a little, Commissioner, please. Oh, yes, yes. Listen, do you want me to read this or don't you? Oh, go ahead, Judge. Read it. Quiet, Floyd, quiet. Mr. Gildersleeve received an impressive ovation and proved himself a real vote-getter with a golden voice and a knack of swaying crowds. <laughs> Not bad, eh, Floyd? A real vote-getter. Wait a minute. Listen to this. Behind this smart campaigning may be seen the guiding hand of his astute campaign manager, Judge Horace Hooker. Yeah, astute. We predict that between them, they'll give Mayor Williger a real run for his money. Pretty swell right up, eh, Floyd? Yes, it is, Commissioner. I only hope you're not going to forget your friends when you get up there in the mayor's office. Oh, don't worry, Floyd. Mayor Gildersleeve will know who his real friends are, Floyd. I'll see to that. What do you mean, Judge? I think you know what I mean. Why, I've been for Mr. Gildersleeve right along. You know that. Floyd, don't add perjury to your other sins. What? They're numerous enough already. Now, Judge. You got me all wrong, Judge. Why, only the other... You're a Terwilliger man, and you know it. Floyd, is this true? Commissioner, I hope I may die tomorrow if I... Why, only the other day... Floyd! Well, sure, I cut the mayor's hair, sure. Business is business. I gotta be polite to him, don't I? Perhaps. But you don't have to run his political errands for him. You don't have to be his stooge. Now, Judge, I think that's going a little far. Easy, Horace. Let's not be calling any harsh names. You can't blame a man just because he cuts somebody's hair. Cutting hair is my business. Yeah, and you'd cut a throat just as quickly. Now, Horace... <laughs> Put on that razor, Floyd. Let's straighten this out. Well, I think the judge owes me an apology. Apology for what? Now, now, I think Floyd sees which way the political wind is blowing, Judge. You're darn right I do. I feel sure he's going to vote the way his conscience tells him to. Aren't you, Floyd? You're darn right I am. Then why, may I ask, has he consistently refused to lend your campaign any assistance whatsoever? Judge, how can you say that? I've been for the commissioner here right along. Why, only the Listen, other day I we said... need office space for our headquarters. The floor above this shop is empty, and it would be ideal. No, but every uh... time that I've asked you to let us use it, you've hemmed and hawed and stalled around. Now, how about it? Yes, Floyd, how about it? Well, gosh, fellas, you, you put me in kind of a difficult position. How about it, Floyd? Well, voting for Mr. Gildersleeve is one thing, but having his headquarters right here in the shop... Gosh, I'm liable to lose some trade that way. Only the undesirable trade, Floyd. The time has come, Floyd, for every man to make his choice and declare himself. Is it yes or no? Well, well, all right. Fine, I knew you would, Floyd. Now, Judge, you get busy and see if you can rustle up some office furniture. I don't suppose there's any up there, Floyd. Oh, nothing but an old piano. Well, we need a couple of desks and some chairs and, you know, and some fire. Yeah, I'll get right on it, Gildy. I think I even know where I can borrow an electric fan. Great. I'll run home and see if I can round up some volunteer workers. Hey, let me up, Floyd. But the haircut, I haven't finished, Commissioner. No, we'll call it done. Finish it some other time. Here, keep the change. Say, you don't let any moss grow, do you? Not me. Uh-oh, telephone. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh. Gildersleeve Headquarters. 
She and I had a nice, quiet little business here. Yeah. left that right inside the door. Is that you, Uncle Morris? Certainly it's me. Look at this hallway. Baseball gloves, comic books. It's lucky I didn't break my neck. Where's Leroy? He's up in his room. He's got his commando gang up there. Well, they better stay there. I've got some telephoning to do. Well, I won't bother you. I'm going to the movies. Oh, not this afternoon, my dear. I need your help. Oh, Uncle Morris. Yeah, where's Bertie? I need you both this afternoon. Oh, Bertie! Bertie! Gosh, this always happens. You call me, Miss Gillsleeve? Yeah, Bertie. I thought I heard your golden boy. No, Bertie. That's what it said in the paper, Mr. Gillsleeve. Well, never mind that. I wonder if you'd like to do a little political work this afternoon, Bertie. What kind of political work, Mr. Gillsleeve? Well, we're opening up our new headquarters downtown, and there's quite a few things to be done. Yes, sir. Political work, you say? Well, it'll be a definite contribution to my campaign, but it's not anything like making speeches. No, sir. Is there anything like sweeping and dusting out the office? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's it, Bertie. But Marjorie will help you, won't you, my dear? Well. What's that? Oh, darn those kids. How about it, Marjorie? Will you help Bertie get the new headquarters ready? Well, I don't see why it has to be cleaned on the one afternoon the Cary Grant pictures at the Majestic. Marjorie, Cary Grant will be back again someday. Yes, but by that time I'll be an old woman. Oh, my God. Ye gods, what are those kids doing up there? If that racket starts again, I'm going up there myself. And you, young lady, you're going to help me this afternoon. All right. Don't feel bad, honey. We all got to help your uncle. We all got to give up something. I'm going to have to give up doing the laundry this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there you are, my dear. Bertie gives up her laundry, you give up Cary Grant. (laughs) Cheer up, it'll all be over on June the 20th. Use it because I'm head of the commandos. Well, the whole thing was my idea, so I get first shot. For corn's sake, the commandos will please come to order. What's that mean? Peggy, don't you know anything? Everybody knows what come to order means. Well, I don't. What does it mean, Leroy? It means shut up. Now, come to order. Well, I don't see why you always have to be the boss. Who said you were the boss, anyway? Do we have to go all over that again? Come to order. Okay. I bet there's a catch to it. There's no catch, Whitey. Gosh, don't you understand? We gotta be systematic. We gotta vote and decide this question. What question? What have we been arguing about for half an hour? If we just take a vote on it, the majority can decide. Well, for corn's sake, why didn't you say so? Okay, let's vote. Wait a minute. First, everybody gets a chance to speak. Be first. Why do you have to be first? What difference does that make? It doesn't make any difference who goes first. I'm offering to go first just to give you the idea. Okay, go ahead. Gosh. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, Commandos. I believe I should be the first one to use the new flamethrower because I am head of the Commandos, and so naturally I should go first. Who said you were the head? Piggy, that's all settled. Go ahead and make your speech. Why does he go next? What difference does it make? Leroy just told you it doesn't make any difference. Fellow Commandos, I believe I should be the first to use the new flamethrower because it was my idea. I thought of the whole thing. I thank you. Very good, Piggy. 
Okay, Whitey, you're next. Well, I think I should get first shot because my father owns the blowtorch, and if I don't, I'll take it home. Hey, that's no fair! If you do that, you're a poor sport, Whitey. Besides, who thought of it in the first place? I don't care. Well, let's get this over with. Let's have the vote. Who do you vote for, Whitey? I vote for me. (laughs) You're not supposed to vote for yourself, you dope. Who do you vote for, pig? Me. Then I'll vote for myself, too. Only I forgot to tell you, in case of a tie, the chairman wins. Hey, that's okay. Now look what you did. Is that you, Unc? You know who it is. Open the door. Okay. Now, what's going on in here, young man? Oh, nothing, Unc. Oh, not a thing, Mr. Gildersleeve. We were just playing, Mr. Gildersleeve. I never heard such yelling and screaming in my life. Now, what's it all about? Oh, nothing. We were just having a little discussion, and then then we took a vote, just like in Congress. I don't believe even Congress could make that much noise. (laughs) Now, what were you discussing? Oh, we were talking about who gets first shot with our new flamethrower. Oh, (laughs) flamethrower. What are you boys using for a flamethrower? Here it is, Mr. Gildersleeve. It isn't a flamethrower, really. It's it's just my father's blowtorch. Oh, well, a blowtorch? (laughs) Leroy, Piggy, all of you stand back. Get away from that thing. There's nothing to be afraid of, Unc. We carried it over here. We'll carry it right back. Is it loaded? Yeah, she's all ready to squirt. You want to take a shot, Mr. Gildersleeve? (laughs) No, thank you. Now I'll speak to whoever lets you have it. I can promise you that. Turn a bunch of kids loose with a red-hot blowtorch. Who told you you could have it? Who let you have it? Well, <clears throat> Whitey's father wasn't using it, so... Well, we didn't think he'd mind. Leroy, that is stealing. Boys, I'm surprised at you. This is the kind of thing that leads to gangsterism. Oh, it couldn't, Uncle. We're just commandos. <laughs> when you start stealing blowtorches, you're gangsters, Leroy. Now, why can't you boys find some wholesome occupation for your time? There ain't any. There aren't any. Oh. Uh. <laughs> well, I'll provide one for you. I'll give you boys an assignment much more important than playing commando. I'll give you a chance to help the whole community. Is it work, Unc? <laughs> Let me explain it my own way, Leroy. As you boys probably know, I'm running for mayor of Summerfield. Yeah, I saw you win the pie-eating contest at the picnic. <laughs> uh, cute. Well, Mayor Terwilliger has got posters up all over town with his picture on them, telling people to vote for him. Now, I want to put some posters around with my picture on them. And if you boys will distribute my posters, you'll be doing the city of Summerfield a big favor. Now, doesn't that appeal to your patriotism? Perhaps I haven't made that quite clear. Oh, yeah, it's... Pretty clear. <laughs> I'm offering you, Commandos, a chance to fight the forces of corruption in this town. Give Summerfield a good, honest government. What do you say? Uh, I forgot to mention, each Commando gets 50 cents when the job is done. Greg Gildersleeve will be with us again in just a few seconds. Of course, no one's wasting important leftovers these days. But do you know the trick of making leftovers not seem like leftovers at all? Well, it's easy with Pabstet, the delicious golden cheese food. First, you make a smooth, luscious cheese sauce with Pabstet and a little milk. And then pour this appetizing Pabstet cheese sauce over leftovers of meat, fish, vegetables, or rice. Fixed any way you like. And presto, Pabstet has helped provide you with a brand new main dish. Rich in mellow cheddar cheese flavor. 
You can serve Pabstet in a variety of other ways, too. Melted with macaroni for a tempting casserole dish, toasted in sandwiches, or sliced for serving with dessert. And remember, Pabstet is wholesome and nourishing. A real favorite with children. So watch your dealer's stocks, and whenever you can, buy Pabstet. Ask for the delicious golden cheese food of a hundred uses, Pabstet. Let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. An afternoon of hard work by everyone but the candidate himself has put his headquarters in pretty good shape. But uh, there's just one difficulty. Nobody has come near the place. Gildersleeve, however, is leaving no stone unturned. He's keeping open in the evening, too. And we find him now coming back from supper to relieve his friend, Mr. Peavy. Well, Peavy, anything happened while I was out? No, Mr. Gildersleeve, nothing happened. At least, nothing worth mentioning. Ah, in politics, PV, anything may be significant. Now, what happened and when? Well, about five minutes past seven, a mouse ran across the floor. (laughs) A mouse, PV. I thought you might be passing up something important. Well, that's all that happened. I can show you his hole if you think it's worth following up. Let it go, PV, let it go. I can't understand why more people don't drop in here. Aren't there any politicians in this town? Don't the voters want to be informed? Well, here comes somebody. Maybe a voter. Ah, good evening, candidate. Hi, Phoebe. It's only Hooker. Darn it, Judge. We haven't had a customer here all day. Yeah, things have been pretty quiet. Well, give yourself a little time, boys. Takes a while to get things rolling. Did you get the posters out, Gildy? Yeah, Leroy and some of his little friends took them out this afternoon. They were very enthusiastic. Fine, fine. Oh, uh, I had a call from Mrs. Pettibone at the Woman's Club. She wanted you to sing for them next week. I'm too busy to be going around singing, Judge. That's what I told her. It must be terrible to be so popular, Gildy, especially with the women. Anyway, those women aren't women. No women are women when you get a bunch of them together. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I saw a group of young ladies in the trolley car this afternoon. Lovely. Peavy. Peavy, what's come over you? I don't know, but I rode two blocks past my store. Well, here comes somebody. Don't worry, it won't be anybody. Hi, Floyd. Yep, what did I tell you? Well, boys, how's the campaign coming up? Nobody even knows we're here, Floyd. We might as well go home. Home? What's the use of going there? If you got a headquarters, you might as well get some use of it. What do you mean, Floyd? I told the wife I was coming down here to help get you fellas organized. She didn't believe it for a while, but I convinced her. So what? Well, brought a deck of cards with me. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good idea, Floyd. Why should we sit here all night and just worry? Well, we uh, might play just a few hands. Sure, nobody wants to play poker all night. No. Pull up a chair, Judge. Pull up a chair, Peavy. Oh, I, I don't think I'd better, Floyd. I, I think I'll just be running along. Oh, no, you don't, Peavy. Your wife's out and we need at least four players. But I don't really understand the game, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah. We'll teach you, Peavy. Eh, Floyd? <laughs> well, I'll call. What do you got this time, Peavy? Well, it really doesn't amount to much. All I've got is three queens, and then these two eights. <laughs> well, I'm licked. Telephone. You take it, Judge. 
Another hand, boys. Yeah, deal faster. I'll never get even. Gildersleeve headquarters. I'm sorry, Mr. Gildersleeve is very busy right now. This is campaign manager. Could I give him a message? Must be long distance the way the judge is shouting. Yeah? Yes? In just a minute, I'll ask him. It's the president of the Kiwanis Club, Gildy. They're giving a smoker Friday night, and they want to know if you'll be the guest of honor. Oh, tell him I'd be only too happy. I suppose they'll want me to say a few words. Mr. Gildersleeve says that he'd be only too happy to say a few words. Yeah, ask him what topic they'd like me to speak on, Judge. Oh? Oh, I see. Oh, just a minute. They don't want you to speak, Gildy. They want you to sing. Sing? What is this? I'm a busy man, Judge. I'm trying to run a campaign. Tell him certainly not. I'm sorry, Mr. Gildersleeve is extremely busy with his campaigning these days, and he... What's that? Eight hundred. Dollars? Hold the wire. He says if you'll do it, he can practically guarantee you eight hundred votes. You better grab it, Gildy. Say, for eight hundred votes, I'd sing all night. Mr. Gildersleeve would be delighted. He'll be there with his music. Well, what do you know about that? You're getting to be a regular thrush, Commissioner. Gildy, I've got it. I've got it. By golly, I've got it. You've got what? The old fox has done it again. The old good. Look, now, how did Pappy O'Daniel get to be governor of Texas? O'Daniel? Ain't he the guy that used to sing past the biscuits, Pappy? That's right. He toured the state with a band, and he sang his way right into office. There's the keynote of your campaign. By George Horace, maybe you've stumbled onto something there. Stumbled my eye. Yeah, you know, all you need is a good campaign song, Commissioner. Look, like this one. Oh, brother. Floyd, where'd you get that piano? I don't know. It came with the joint. Yes. <laughs> now, listen. All vote for guilty, guilty. Gildersleeve's a grand old name. No, 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 no. I've got it. Oh, what a pal is guilty. Oh, what a pal is guilty. Oh, no, no, boys. That's no good. Wait a minute. Oh, here's one. All Gildersleeve. Sweet Gildersleeve. Mayors come and mayors may go. Um, now what? Uh... We still have him, so do not grieve, but vote for him on June the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, this is kind of fun. Yeah, let's take it again. Hey, Peavy, house run down the block and bring up a couple of bottles of Coca-Cola. What do you say? Huh? Right. Ready? Oh, Headquarters, Gildersleeve speaking. What? Leroy? What's he done? Now, see here, you can't do that. You hold on, I'll be right down there. What's wrong, Gildy? Leroy, they got him down to police headquarters. What for? Darned if I know. I thought he was home in bed, Judge. Anyway, it's persecution, that's what it is. By George, if Terwilliger's back of this, I'll have a law on him. Come on, fellas. Come on, Floyd. Come on, Peavy. <laughs> 
Yes, sir. I'll tell this two for a nickel stooge of Mayor Terwilliger. That's right. You tell him, Commissioner. You fellas had better let me handle this. Terwilliger can't push me around, and he can't push my family around either. Gildy, for heaven's sake, be tactful. Tactful. You're an appeaser, you old goat. Quiet. Now, I think that we should leave Floyd and Petey outside here. Okay. If you need any help, Commissioner, just holler. Now, see here, Chief. I'm not going to stand for this. Gildy, please. You can't push me around just because Terwilliger is mayor. And if I... Now, well, now, wait a minute, Commissioner. Nobody's pushing anybody around yet. So let's not start anything, shall we? That's what I've been telling him, Chief. Shut up, Gildersleeve, and let me represent Leroy. Well, he's my nephew, and I... Shut up. Give me a cigar. Uh, Cigar? Uh, Here. Thank you. Have a cigar, Chief. (laughs) Much obliged, Judge. Now... What's my young friend here charged with? Well, I haven't been able to figure out the law on a judge. It might be a 92A, and on the other hand, it might be a 316. What have you been doing, Leroy? Nothing, Unc. Will you kindly let me handle this, Gildersleeves? Forget the law, Chief. What is it the boy's done? Well, he went around town, and all the Terwilliger posters he could find, he put Hitler mustaches on them. Yeah. Uh, uh, How could you do such a thing, Leroy? I was just trying to help you out, Unc. Don't let him put me in jail. Now, don't you worry, Leroy. Look, Chief, can't we just forget this whole thing? Well, I'd like to, Judge, but Mayor Terwilliger's pretty sore about this. He wants the guilty party punished. Yeah, Terwilliger, eh? This is political persecution, that's what it is. Oh, no, 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 it's not. Oh, yes, it is. You're his chief of police, and he wants you to hamstring my campaign. I know. Any charge is good enough to throw at Gildersleeve. Gildy, please. Now, you're all wrong, Mr. Gildersleeve. Why, if you want to know, I had a complaint an hour ago about a terrible racket going on down at your headquarters. But did I do anything about it? I didn't even bother to call you. Racket, you say? Well, that was the complaint. Disturbing the neighbors. But, Chief, we weren't making any racket. We were just singing. That's right, Chief. A little close harmony, that's all. Well, I figured it was something like that. But you know how these nuts are. They call up all the time, always talking about some little thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, You were harmonizing, huh? Yes. Too bad we didn't have the chief there, Gildy. He sings a wonderful bass. He does? Well, that's just what we needed. Well, I'm no Caruso. Well, the judge is no Lily Pons, either. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we just run through it once, Judge, while we've got the chief here? Go get the boys, Judge. Well, this is very irregular, but if... uh... Boyd, Heavey, come in here. Uh, M is for the million things she gave me. Come on, chief. O means only that she's growing old. Oh, you're great, Chief. (laughs) She is for the tears she shed to save me. H is for her heart of purest gold, of purest gold. I don't want to stay in jail. Quietly, right? E is for her eyes with love light shining. Put them all together, they spell mud. The word that means the world to me. The world to me. (laughs) 
Hey, that was wonderful, Chief. You were great. <laughs> we were all good. I think we could do even better. Hey, Unc! Uh, Leroy, what are you doing up? It's way past your bedtime. <laughs> We'd better send the boy home, eh, Chief? Well, it could be a little irregular, but if the judge is willing to close one eye, I'll close the other. Run along home, Leroy. I'll close the judge's eye. <laughs> all right, fellas. All together. And before a million things she gave me Oh, he told me that she's growing old, she's growing For the many things she gave me Oh, means up Oh, it's awfully late Better look in and see if Leroy got home all right Uh, look at him lying there Sleeping so peacefully Cute little fella All the cares of the day forgotten Never a thought for the morrow Fine boy I holler at him a lot But if you only knew I love every hair on his cunning little head <laughs> Sweet dreams, Leroy. What a character. Oh, good night, everybody. This Christmas program was directed by Claude Sweet. This is Ken Carpenter speaking to the Kraft Cheese Company, makers of Parquet Marsden and the complete line of famous quality food products. Kraft invites you to listen again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Whistler, followed by Martin and Lewis. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. Stay tuned for Ziggy and Stardust next on Zoomer Radio. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.